What's this? Another lost episode of Growing Up Punk? Stick around, kids. All right, so continuing with our lost tapes here on Growing Up Punk. Uh, if this is the first one you've listened to, here's how the story goes. We used to be a podcast known as Music to My Peers. We changed names. Shortly after changing names to Growing Up Punk, we lost all of our old episodes. Now, we were able to get them back, but they're no longer online, so we're going to be uploading some of them, one of which is this one. This will actually be two. This is part one. Uh, and if you're listening to this, you probably notice there's also a part two. Uh, of course, this being where we talk about the band Dogwood. And part two being where Aaron interviews Josh, the lead singer of Dogwood. So without further ado, part one of the Dogwood Lost Tapes on Growing Up Punk. <laughs> So we're just going to get into this because this is, um, we've done this a couple times now and, and each episode is that we've done this sort of an episode has uh, ended up a little bit different. Yeah. Uh, we did this once for Slick Shoes and then uh, we did it once for Newfound Glory and uh, they were both very different episodes. So this one we're going to try and I think fall somewhere in between, I think, where, you know, Slick Shoes we went fairly in depth. Yeah, and then newfound glory. We went fairly surface level, and I mean both conversations. I think were good. I'm yeah, yeah, with, for sure. Both, but but we're gonna try and find a you know a middle ground somewhere, and uh, we're gonna talk specifically about dogwood. Yes, bring it so, on. Yeah. So before I think before we kind of get into going through you know the albums, um, what was your introduction to dogwood? Ooh. You know, I think it was seeing the cover of their album, The Good Old Days, probably in like uh, an HM magazine. Sure. And just seeing that cover of that sweet old dude with his pants hiked up. And, uh, <laughs> you know, back then it was just like the classic punk cover. Just get some, yeah. you know, some goofy thing on the cover. And and uh, so I don't, I mean, I wouldn't have, I don't even know, wouldn't have had access to that album. So it would have been with More Than Conquerors. I think it was my brother that got that album, or I heard on Sampler or something, and mm -hmm. just immediately caught my attention and just loved it ever since. Yeah, that's that's pretty awesome. I um, it's funny because that cover has always reminded me of like totally you said classic kind of '90s punk cover, like Lagwagon sort of vibe. Yeah, um, I can't pinpoint a specific record that maybe I it it, it reminds me of, but definitely that. That sort of feel. My introduction to Dogwood, I feel, was uh, was the album More Than Conquerors or potentially the song Preschool Days. I can't remember mm. which came first, but I had yeah. uh, I had a friend who he was a couple years older than me. He was he was actually going to a Bible college in the town that I grew up in, and um, we we hung out we played music together i was like early in my high school days he was a couple years older he's a he's a realtor in minnesota now nice. <laughs> but, uh, yeah he i i feel like he sold me or gave me one or the other 
uh, my copy that I had of More Than Conquerors. So it was either through that or, do you remember those, um, oh, I wish I could remember the name of uh, this video series, but it was like a, it was totally like a Christian, like skateboard, snowboard, uh, like extreme sports. G Rock? Uh, well, G, no. Uh, truth videos? Truth or? videos, I think. And they, oh, okay. and they, uh, they had uh, preschool days in there by Dogwood. I can't remember if, though, if I remember watching that and digging that song before or after already kind of knowing yeah, you know, yeah. who, who Dogwood was. But um, it was definitely one of those two things. I can remember, I can remember watching the video. It was like a BMX uh, session on the video, and we were, I was watching it with... Uh, I don't know if it was just the drummer of like the high school punk band I was in, but it was definitely at his house in his basement. We were uh, we were sitting around probably after you know band practice one day or whatever, and uh, just sitting there and and watching that video. Mm. And I just remember I just remember loving Dogwood. I feel like Goaty Hook was on there as well. Oh nice. Um, yeah, a song I don't remember which song in particular off the top of my head, but it was a song off Sumo Surprise for sure. Oh, okay. But, uh, Dogwood was the standout for me from that, and and they've always been a band that I've been a big fan of. Oh yeah, specifically for sure. like in the Christian punk scene, and uh, yeah. I think we'll I think we'll kind of get into that a little bit as we obviously we will as we move forward. But yeah, um, so yeah, uh, you mentioned good old days. I don't know, like when when we were talking in preparation for this episode, um, I think you had kind of mentioned you had said I think four albums that you wanted yeah. to talk about so were you thinking like from more than conquerors on is that what you had in mind yeah i was like, kind of thinking like when when the good music started coming <laughs> <laughs> so the the more so the tooth and nail days kind of yeah those were definitely the standout ones like i, I listened yeah. to the other ones kind of later on but yeah. it's hard to go back to those knowing there's such better albums after that right so yeah. you know as i was listening through some of those old ones i was like oh man like you know, I could make it through a few of these, but I just I just want to listen to More Than Conquerors or something after that yeah. to, to get me back to something good. Sorry, it's in, guys. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's interesting that you say that because I feel like I go the other way. So this oh. is the in doing this, this is the um, this is kind of what I got out of uh, listening and, and kind of not studying, but just giving a closer listen to Dogwood. I feel like good old days and through thick and thin, I can do. I think I can do with just one of those. So like thick and through thick and thin, I think I really like it. I feel like on good old days there are some songs where they they do kind of lose me. But this is this is what I sort of took out of this whole thing was, for me, Dogwood seemed to be a band where they started where I, like with musically I really like them like as their music kind of I'm trying to think how to, how to explain this because I felt like there was a real sweet spot with Dogwood as far as music and lyrics were concerned mm. and it's and it's more than conquerors and building a better me I think those yeah. two records I don't think you're gonna find anyone to argue to say that um, you know that those aren't their best two records because right. in my mind that that is that is peak dogwood oh but for, for sure what, yeah what happens for me with dogwood is those earlier days, Lyrically, I kind of there are some songs where I'm like, it's a little cringy, but musically and the energy I really get behind. Mm. And then as time goes on, 
they definitely grow lyrically, but I find, especially then looking at Matt Aragon and Seismic, that musically, I don't, I can't pinpoint what it is, but they start to lose me. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. So, I don't know if it's... Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, like, it's, and it's hard going back, like, you know, because I listen to, especially uh, More Than Conquerors, Building a Better Me, and Matt Aragon, and then Mm. sort of go back to those old ones, like, yeah, there might be some cool songs and good lyrics, but it's just, I don't know. I've spent so many years listening to those other albums that yeah, it's hard to take those other ones in, but yeah. So, okay, so in your days of, like, in your peak Dogwood days, <laughs> uh, in the good old days of Dogwood, if you will, <laughs> um, so, so what were kind of your core albums was it just more than conquerors and building a better me or did you continue on with them after like and and, and actually stay fully engaged with them yeah and matt arrogant too i can still remember buying that one and like reading about how it was you know about their their biggest fan and i can't remember exactly how that all came about but you know thinking that was a cool idea and i definitely remember noticing the kind of shift in like the quality of of matter again and and I guess um, like with that one they had recorded it on two inch tape or something and so okay. I guess whatever that means for, for quality wise but right, right. maybe it wasn't digital I don't know if they had digital back then but but I mean right. I still when I when that album comes on like I still love it the songs are really good they're still unique um, like riffs on it and um, yeah I, I still love those three seismic is when I really kind of yeah. fell off and kind of wondered what happened. I don't know what happened with that one. Sure. I, and I, 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 I was going to say, I think with, for me, um, like Matt Aragon, the more, like in, in preparation for this early on, because uh, we kind of decided upon this a number of weeks ago um, about doing an, ep- an episode on Dogwood, early on, I was kind of listening and going, okay, Matt Aragon and Seismic like I just I would almost be like wanting them to be over there are some good songs like Matt Matt Aragon definitely has more good songs than Seismic does yeah oh and, for sure and as I kind of like got prepared even closer today there were some more redeeming factors in Matt Aragon but still when I when I listen to it there's just a chunk of that record where I'm like it just feels to me so uninspired and I don't mm. know I was I was trying to figure out if you know like if there was something that happened within the band between building a better me and matt aragon that changed things Mm. or if it was and it's interesting that you bring up the production side of things because i was also sitting there thinking is it the production that just like doesn't do it for me like it just feels kind of lifeless but it's interesting to me that you say like they recorded to tape on that one because generally when people talk about you know oh going from recording you know digitally to recording back to tape sort of stuff like like you bring out some of that life in the production um and it just feels like there's something i don't i don't know if they're like going through the motions or what it is but it really i feel like matt aragon definitely serves as a transition for me from the incredibleness of building a better me and how yeah. it was one of one of my favorite albums in high school yeah to the eventual real downfall in my I shouldn't real downfall makes it sound like they like just completely skidded and burned out and i don't know maybe they view it that way if they like oh yeah you know 
or whatever. I don't want it to sound like, because again, there are some good songs on there, but there yeah, is definitely. like building a better me start to finish and more than conquerors start to finish. Like I can listen to those records over yeah. and over again. Oh yeah. Yeah. Maybe a part of it is just, you know, by the time that arrogant came out like that, they're already, you know, four or five albums in and you know, none, none of their albums really had any significant, you know, changes stylistically. Yeah. And so maybe by that point, you know, like who knows maybe it was just running out of ideas or trying something new or yeah which is it's interesting because like the production on building a better me for instance i always felt like listening to that it felt a little weird um Mm. like it was a definite change from more than conquerors and i don't know if 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 saying it does sound more digital like in the guitar tones that everything sounds a little tighter but I like this the songs I think were they had they were at that perfect blend of melodic you know kind of like definitely hardcore influence but melodic punk rock yeah. with what I thought and what I considered especially within the Christian scene to be smart lyrics. Oh yeah, um, oh, he's an awesome lyricist. Like he didn't you know it was never about you know like um I always appreciated with Dogwood that they didn't feel the need to rhyme. And I think I, I may have said that about Slick Shoes as well, because for sure at one point I noticed like Ryan in Slick Shoes, he didn't feel the need to rhyme, especially early on. I don't remember if that kind of changed as they went along. But it just opened up so many more doors for me for kind of smart lyricism, something a little different than maybe you'd yeah. typically hear in, in, in their peers, right? Like when I think of other... You know, whether it's just tooth and nail punk bands or if it's, you know, just punk bands on even other Christian labels where my wife is stomping around upstairs right now. That's amazing. <laughs> I don't know what she's doing. Um, and kicking things across the floor. Yeah, this is the joys of recording at home. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, just like how how smart, yeah, I think they were lyrically and how they kind of explored some different topics. And that continued into Matt Aragon for me to an extent there are some songs where I'm like, eh, or maybe it's just the choices they made, which is fitting because there's the one song where he says, is this the wisest choice we made or whatever? Yeah. I cannot stand that hook and how it's delivered and the effect on his voice there. I was hmm. like, wow, I did. it loses me instantly. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's interesting because, yeah, I, I did always find on Building a Better Me that the production... I feel like maybe even held it back a little bit. Like it's oh. very, cl- it's very clean, but to me, it's almost too clean. Too clean? Oh, okay. And then yeah, because they, they definitely bring that kind of you know a little bit of gruffness to it. Like I don't know if it's yeah. just vocally or right. whatever it is. So I mean, I always, I guess, when these albums came out, I wasn't necessarily thinking about production value as I might today. Right. And so f- for some of those. It's those records like that doesn't stand out as a bad sounding album to me, but and and, it, and sorry, like I don't want to I don't want to sound like building a better me. I'm saying is a bad sounding album because I, it's not. It's just something. There's something kind of missing diff- from yeah. Where yeah, it's just there's something very different. Like it is interesting because especially kind of in that time, you had a lot of producers that were working with all of those bands, and you started yeah. seeing similarities in production sounds from one band to the next where that album does not have that and it sound it stands out on its own in a very you know kind of unique way um but yeah i'm just like trying i've always kind of 
thought it sounded different. And I think it's specifically mm. in the guitar tone. And I don't know exactly what it is, how to describe it, whether it's just that, yeah, that guitar tone doesn't sound like a natural amp distortion. Like if he's, you know, recording through like a digital multi-effects sort of thing or what the deal is. There's something about it that's a little different. And it kind of, I thought it carried over on Matt Aragon and then even Seismic. But going back and listening to it now, when I listen to Seismic, I think what, or not Seismic, even some somewhat on that album, but Matt Aragon, what kind of gets me a little like, huh, is more the mix than the overall production that mm. makes it feel, the, the guitars just kind of feel like flat to yeah. me not, and not, and not tuning wise, just like, eh, you know, there's, there are parts where they stand out. And then as the whole song comes together, I just go, that guitar is not doing anything for me. Yeah, and the drums the drums are just kind of boop bat boop bat boop bat boop bat boop bat. You know what I mean? Like straight yeah, across. Yeah. Of like they sort of took a step back, and then even Josh in his melodies and whatever vocally, I just on those albums they just became less interesting for whatever mm-hmm. reason. Again, I don't know if it boils down. I'm sorry that I'm going to go off like this, but I don't know that it boils down to um, you know like him doing things that are so incredibly different or if it's more just that he was just it just there's something something missing because he always like his voice too always stood out to me yeah because he always had a bit of a rougher voice right like yeah i always felt like they could stand up with kind of like their contemporaries oh Um, even even better you know i've i've seen lots how you know, talking about dog, what people are comparing them to No Effects. Yeah. And just last week, I went back and listened to a couple of No Effects albums. I was like, man, Dogwood's so much better than this. Yeah. I don't know so if that's, that was just you know the kind of fastness like, like, or like whatever, pers- but yeah, personal bias or not. But it, it, it's interesting because I saw that same. I believe that was in like the old school Tooth and Nail. Oh, okay, yeah, might have been. Because I saw the same thing and I was like, I never thought that. Yeah. Until I, I read that, and then I went back and I listened to Good Old Days and Through Thick and Thin. And I'm like, oh, I can see it. The difference being that No Effects, especially kind of back in the day, always had like stupid ska songs. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, well, you know what I mean? Like, they always yeah. like interject. They, I always felt like with No Effects, for me, they would have albums that would have a couple solid songs and then just a bunch of like filler. They were very much. A filler band for me, even though they skyrocketed, right? Well, and the vocals are so whiny and just annoying. Like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah, like they're very. That's that's kind of a staple in punk rock is like whiny vocals. Yeah, that's true. um, Whereas, again, like you talking about vocals, like with Dogwood, what I always appreciated is that while everyone was kind of doing, you know, again talking more about their contemporaries and their peers within the the Christian scene, everyone was kind of doing that. Um, you know, like modeling even after Mike Herrera from Blink or from Blink One Eighty Two. Well done, <laughs> pat myself on the back. Modeling themselves after Mike Herrera from MXPX, uh, who, who you know was running obviously alongside bigger contemporaries that were mainstream. Yeah, and just kind of doing that sort of thing. And then you have Dogwood, who again, there I feel like their hardcore punk rock influences hmm. come through, especially in that earlier stuff where it's like the oh, songs yeah. are more raw. The lyrics sometimes are cringy, which is the downside for me. But when I hear the songs, I'm like, yeah. And there's even one song, I feel like it's on Good Old Days, where he talks about like a shout out to all like hardcore Christian punk rockers or something like that. Sweet. I'm like, I'm like, <laughs> <"Egh."> <laughs> like it's kind of like, ooh. 
and I, and I'm curious to know like because I know they got back together as a band, right? Like I don't know how active they are, but I know they did some reunion shows and actually yeah. played some shows with MXPX in San Diego and stuff. Yeah, and I I do wonder. I'm assuming they don't go back and really play. Maybe maybe they play preschool days off of those older records. I assume they don't really go back to anything. Yeah, off I of can't imagine. And good old yeah. days, but I like I often wonder like, you know, would would they avoid some of those songs? So they're like, well, we're not quite as upfront with you know maybe those sort of beliefs anymore or you know whatever like or maybe they are who knows like yeah they could still very much be the same they they did have a song um oh what was it called it was on one of those i want to say it was on good old days i'm <laughs> through thick and thin they literally have a song called stairway to sin um yeah he was i i did notice with them like especially in in those bands on on tooth and nail like they definitely stood out for their lyrics and being more faith-based and, and I mean yeah. I, I like that like there are some of their songs that I'm just like man this is so cool yeah they never they definitely never um, you know like beat around the bush in regards to that is it tribute maybe it's tribute there's a song anyways that it's written from the perspective of an aborted baby huh. and I'm like like that's, that's intense yeah that, that yeah it's very very intense um now I can't remember if that's actually what song it is. If I could see the lyrics, I don't know if the lyrics will come up here. Tribute. Let's give me lyrics. I doubt they're on here. Oh, they are. Hold up. Hold up. I just want to confirm or deny. Uh. Oh no, that's my sweet Claudia. No, never mind. I remember that song. That's a good song. My sweet Claudia. Sorry, I'm just now going no. through like, oh yeah. I, I enjoyed these songs. Why can't I remember the name of that song? Anyway, whatever. They did have a song that was written. Um, from the perspective of an aborted baby, which is kind of unique, but I also wonder, like, now if they were to get together again, I'm assuming they don't really yeah, go back to those no, songs. There's no way they'd play those still. Yeah, and like how how they feel about maybe it was on this album. Um, well, those albums are so old. I mean, those are 20 years old now. So, right. Um, man, I really wish I could figure out what song this was. <laughs> it's, it's gonna drive me crazy because I thought I knew the name of it. Anyway, whatever. I'm not gonna spend too much time on. It. Um, so yeah, like, and, and I mean, like, I, I think I asked the same question when we did the Slick Shoes episode. I'm like, there's some songs where I wonder if, you know, like if someone requested that song, say at a show, and they're like, hey, play this song. If they're were, were they kind of like I think I think the song is by What's Right, maybe. Oh yeah, by, Slick by Shoes. What Right, yeah. Yeah, and um, yeah, by What Right, and yeah. and he kind of takes it like he again in that song and that was a very much a thing to do at the time he took like a very pro-life stance in some of the yeah. in some of the lyrics right and so i just wonder if nowadays like growing up not saying that they're not pro-life anymore or that people always change sort of thing but if they would knowing the society we're in now and the fact that slick shoes crossed over a little bit like signing the side one dummy stuff like that right yeah um, if in fact you know, like someone say someone yelled that if they would even contemplate playing the mm. song or if they'd be like, well, I don't know. Same with this Dogwood song, which it just dawned on me. I'm pretty sure, and correct me if I'm wrong, and you you would be able to correct me if I'm wrong, um, but <laughs> and you're probably going to be like, I can't believe you brought this up. Are Dogwood not technically label mates of yours? Uh, well, they just, I think, face down re-released that it's not a new album. Yeah. So I <laughs> guess <what> I... <laughs> partially, but not really, because I don't even know if they were 
you know, it act of as, when they re-release that or whatever. But yeah, yeah, um, I'll, I'll, I'll claim it. I'll claim that. I'll but. Claim it. Yeah, like good old, good old label mates. Uh, yeah, yeah. Face down. Um, yeah, because they were on Rescue Records first. So yeah, that was the only record they did. This is not a new album. Which that's so weird. Like I'm wondering how that. I mean, I'm sure I could read how that came to be because I know that was again obviously in the title. It was it was actually a self-titled album. That yeah, I can't remember what, what the story was about that, but. Um, yeah, let's see. Uh, reissue. Only difference is the omission of the original track two, which is "Never Die" because it's on. Which the funny thing is, is that they re- they removed "Never Die" off that album. Yeah, and that's um, on. What is that on? More than Conquerors? Because it's on. It's on more than Conquerors. Yeah. But yeah. the funny thing is, they totally left the song "Suffer" on there, which is also on more than Conquerors. Huh. So I don't know huh. why they chose to get rid of "Never Die." That album's interesting in itself. It's a good. I really like that one because it's it's like right before like that self titled album would have been released right before they signed to Tooth and Nail. Oh, so okay. it's like this this crossover that you have between because you have some songs that end up on More Than Conquerors, which is their Tooth and Nail debut, and then you have some songs that were on like Preschool Days is also I believe for the third time recorded because <laughs> I think it's also wow. on their first two. They were really hanging on to that song. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know the story about why Face Down Records released that album. <laughs> like, why they just like, even been a California connection, or they knew Jason yeah. at Face Down and said, "Hey, like, we want to put this out, but we don't want to sign with you, or or we're signing to Tooth and Nail, but we want to put something out to kind of, yeah, I don't know." Yeah, it's definitely definitely away. possible. Yeah, I'm just yeah, it's so it's interesting, but. I, I was hoping yeah. the Wikipedia page would say why, but it doesn't. It doesn't mm-hmm. say why. But, but yeah, there you go, label mates of yours. <laughs> yeah, but you uh, mentioned uh, about something about mainstream, about slick shoes going to mainstream, and I feel like Dogwood, yeah. from my recollection, like never really hit that stride. You know, like in my no. mind, Dogwood is like a legendary punk band, but I I think it's probably like pretty strictly like within the Christian scene. Like yeah. I don't know a lot of you know non. Christian friends that would cite Dogwood, you know, definitely like, you know, MXPX, yeah. maybe or most people would have at least heard of MXPX. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's an interesting, I wonder wonder why that was. And I think, you know, even just their music wasn't really going towards that, you know, they didn't have as, you know, as poppy of a sound and kind of stuck to their roots of kind of, you know, yeah. maybe so it, to... It's interesting because, um, so Dogwood was actually my first like kind of real touring band show um, oh, nice. that I went and saw like my I mean my first shows would have been like local stuff but I went I can remember going and seeing them and uh, the undecided opened up for yeah I remember when that show was in Dogwood. Winnipeg I had friends that yeah. went to that but yeah and so they've always kind of held I, I want to say that tour was that tour after building a better me or after more than conquerors I can't exact I want to say it was after Probably no, because I would have been in grade nine, so that's like nineteen ninety nine. So it would have been after more than conquerors. Yeah, it was pretty early I'm on. Guessing, yeah. But um, actually, because I, I think I mentioned going and seeing Slick Shoes when Autopilot or Cooter opened up for them. It was actually yeah. same same venue, Soul Tattoo and Cowardly, just like this small, uh, small little venue that held maybe two hundred people that had uh, hmm. um like this large support post in the middle of like where the pit would be. So they wrapped mattresses around it. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I can remember, I can remember playing one of my first shows in my, in like the, my high school punk band was there. And I can just remember, cause it's like, a, it was a Christian venue, right? 
And I can remember, though, like, kids totally smoking weed out behind the venue and thinking, like, it was... I was like, man, that's so, that's so badass. <laughs> it's like, oh, that's all I can remember thinking. <laughs> like, we're playing, like, legit shows. Like, there's guys doing drugs behind the venue. This is awesome. Meanwhile, it's, like, all these Christian bands playing at this venue. and <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you know, so hardcore. Uh, <laughs> was there many but, people at that show? Like, did it seem like people knew who Dogwood was, or was it... Yeah, I, I want to say it was pretty full. Like, I, it was probably as full as, like, for Slick Shoes. Like, it would have been sold out. Um so again, like it, it was a small ven, smaller venue to begin with, but um, yeah, I'd make the argument that it was, it was a decent enough turnout. I don't know that they ever came back. Whereas you know, Slick Shoes, I got to see them a couple times. They came back okay. on different tours, and obviously they're doing the Warp tour and stuff like that. Yeah, um, yeah, like I never saw Dogwood on anything like that, or I can't even picture no. like any I'm ads sure. with them on bigger punk tours. Yeah, I mean, like mm-hmm. obviously, I'm sure they did like Cornerstone every year and Tom right. Fest and. You know shows like that, um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. Here, here's a little tidbit of information for you. Um, they actually appeared on. Um, I don't know if it's fair to say. No, I wouldn't say it's a, a, a big album at all. But they appeared on an album by a large band. <laughs> they were on uh, Pod's Payable on Death Live. They played oh, yeah. punk. On the punk reggae jam, that's a that's a San Diego connection right there. Well, um, that was probably Rescue Records too, because that was Pod's yeah. label they were on before too. Yeah, yeah, I was just saying that was um, that was where Dogwood started. Yeah. Uh, oh, so it's not it's not fully that's not f- entirely accurate. It was just Russell Castillo of Dogwood playing on the punk reggae jam. Oh, uh, that's the drummer, I think. Uh, probably, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the POD drummer is like, I can't play that fast. <laughs> <laughs> I can only play the grooves, man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, no. Good old POD. They had a time, hey? Oh, man, that's, <laughs> that's a whole other tangent. They were, I mean, I, fair enough. Like, just a quick side note on POD. I mean, I guess it's fair to say they were, um, they were a band that never, I mean, they're still going, so I, I can't speak yeah. for their music today, but when they were at their peak, they were abandoned. They didn't abandon their faith at all, even when they, even when they hit it big. I feel. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, well, I love I mean, those albums too. I was only really big on. I mean, Satellite was the biggest one for. Yeah, me. yeah, for sure. And then, I mean, like Snuff the Punk, Fundamental Elements of South, Fundamental Elements of Southtown was probably like the next biggest for me, but because that was that one had like. Um, Southtown and, and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, well, yeah. those were the first when they had videos on, uh, you know, I guess much music in Canada. Yeah. And yeah. I remember friends like mentioning that, and I was like, "Why you guys know Pod?" Like, yeah. to me, I just was like, "Okay, I can now claim that I like this band because." <laughs> you know. That's too funny. That's yeah. too funny. But yeah, no, Dogwood. I feel like they will always. They're, they're, they're still one of those bands where specifically, again, those two albums I mentioned with More Than Conquerors and uh, Building a Better Me that I will still go back oh, to. The only downside is that, yeah, is that Building a Better Me is A, not on Apple Music, and B, not even available on iTunes to purchase. And I don't oh, understand why. So yeah. to listen to it, I had to go on YouTube to listen to it. Uh, because, I, I'll uh, burn you a copy of my CD. <laughs> Sorry, Dogwood. <laughs> yeah, That's what it's yeah, come please. to now. I mean, in, in, yeah, in all fairness, I used to actually own the CD, but I don't know if I've told you this story before, but at one point, um, when I was probably 18 or 19 years old, was living with some roommates, and we decided that we wanted a pool table, 
So we all <laughs> we all pitched in together. Like we bought a pool table. This was back in the day, like before Kijiji was a thing. We bought it out of a bargain finder. Um, you know, so you had to go to the gas station or the convenience store and buy like this book on newspaper print that yeah. had all the deals in it. And uh, so to to make money for this pool table because we were all you know like young kids who didn't have a lot of money. Uh, we were working part-time jobs or whatever. We had to go and um, went and sold a bunch of CDs. <laughs> and so, it's just funny to think you could make enough money off of CDs to buy a pool right? table. And like, like I mean, it's so funny because I was in this phase where I was like, you know what? I'm so done with like, I, I feel like I've told you this, like pop punk and punk rock and all this stuff. And so I just like sold all these CDs because I felt I'd grown out of it at my wise age of 19 years old uh, I was like I'd, I'd grown out of it and so because I think we talked about this on the Newfound Glory episode now yeah it could have been yeah yeah and and sold these CDs and then went and uh, went and used used the money that we all made because and here's the thing like between the three of us we made about 200 and some bucks just selling CDs <laughs> which is crazy thing and we yeah. went and bought this pool table from a guy who I'm pretty sure the story was that it was his roommate's pool table, and his roommate had a drug problem and couldn't pay rent, and so he was basically like kicking him out and was just selling his stuff because to get his money. And so yeah. he's like, "Yeah, take it." And so we bought this pool table, and off we went. Yeah. Well, the funny thing <laughs> is now with some of these CDs, like that are kind of in demand. Like I was looking for a few on on Amazon. I can't. Yeah, I think I was looking for more than Conquerors because I don't have that yeah. one. And some of them on there are, are like a hundred dollars for. That's insane. You know, which I mean, there's got to be thousands of copies out there, but right, you, know, you can't find no them. No one's selling them, man. They're all hanging on to them. Yeah. <laughs> um, More than conquerors is funny because, like I said, I'd mentioned I bought it off of uh, like a, a guy who was in Bible college. I don't know why he must have been selling his CDs because he needed to eat. I'm assuming he wasn't buying a pool table, but all of his CDs. <laughs> Because, like, remember back in the day, like, you'd keep your CDs in, like, a CD book, right? Oh, like a big I still do. Or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, but he no longer had the cases. So when he sold it to me, he, he still had the books. So when he sold it to me, I got it in, like, a case that was just a uh, random yeah. jewel case with the book and no, like, back yeah. um, page or whatever. So I, I had that for a couple of, he sold me a couple of albums. Like, there's that. There was, do you remember Officer Negative? Oh, definitely. They were another one yeah. of those bands from a magazine. Actually, I there was sure. an ad, for, like a full page ad for them in HM, and they were like just looking super grungy punk. And so yeah. I ripped it out and I hung it up in my locker. And there oh, was nice. a group of these like skater kids that I was like a little bit intimidated by. And they yeah. came, they walked by my locker when it was open. And I can yeah. still, I'll always remember this one guy coming up to me and be like, What's that band? <laughs> and uh, I'm just like feeling so cool because he was like, man, like they look pretty sweet. I don't even know yeah. if I even listened to them. I just bought <laughs> the picture of them look cool. And so yeah, well, immediately funny, got some uh, street cred in high school. Well, it would have been hilarious if he actually then looked them up and went and listened to them, which I believe I don't because I don't think any of that stuff. Well, is there would have on... been no way to find that back then. Anyways. Well, yeah. Well, say so even now, I don't think and I can look real quick, but I'm pretty sure like officer negative and stuff. I don't know if it's on Apple Music or, or Spotify. Uh, I can't imagine those old albums are. No, but here's the best part. Uh, just Oh, maybe it is. Well, there's there's. Well, they signed off. to Tooth and Nail for an album, and it was just totally different. It was so thrown off yeah. by that. Yeah, that must have been the 2004 album, because there's one Officer Negative album on uh, 
on Apple Music, but I believe, and I could be wrong, but I think the label that they're originally on, maybe this was 121. Do you remember the band 121? Oh yeah, I still remember buying their CD. Yeah, I'm not sure if they were on the same label or not, but there is a label, one of those labels, I forget what it is, that's like this old school Christian punk label that has all of their stuff on Bandcamp. Oh, so, okay. Was it Screaming Giant or no? No, no. Else. Okay. Uh, no, because it wasn't... Oh, no, Sleeping Giant was the hardcore band. Was yeah, that, no, there was a, there was a label called Screaming Giant that I think that Officer Negative one was on. I can't remember what the 121 one was on, but anyways... Yeah, I just remember someone dropping a link and looking it up. But um, but what I was going to say, oh, w- when you said like the, the kids passed by your locker, the one guy's like, oh, what is that? That looks awesome. It would have been funny if he actually went and listened to it. Cause, oh, yeah, I it mean, was like super Christian. And oh, yeah. Like they, they, had a song, they had a song called JCHC, which stood for Jesus Christ Hardcore. Yeah. And that was totally like the line, Jesus Christ, da da da, hardcore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't remember what the one song by them was. Yeah. It was okay. So yes, just... just as an update, Screaming Giant. If yeah. you look up, if you go to screaminggiant.bandcamp.com, yeah, that's what so. Officer Negative was signed to. Okay, awesome. Uh, I'm seeing if was 121 on there as well. Two Timer was on there. Oh, I love that album. Seven Ten Split. Yeah, I love it. Um, Lug Nut. Oh, I'm just. Just taking there were so many, yeah, so many of those bands again, just from ads and just assuming all those all those bands were really good, and then later on listening. Yeah, so okay, so Officer, yeah, 121 wasn't on that label, but Officer Negative, um, the album that I had was called Dead to the World. Okay, yeah, it was amazing. I mean, I just love that their logo was like a take on the anarchy sign. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) they're so, so great. I sometimes you know it's funny because sometimes you know like I laugh at like the Christian alternative punk scene that I grew up in and even kind of like the idea of it when you think about it but at the same point I'm so grateful to have grown up in that because there's so many like great bands that I'm like you know I got so many like like, you know as, as I grew up and you know kind of expanded my musical horizons and started going to shows that weren't just like in church basements um and meeting people and being able to like like talking about bands like Dogwood where I'm like they were actually legitimately good oh so you know good. what I mean you know like sure you might have some stuff here and there where people could would put it on and go man what is he singing about but yeah. at the same point I feel as I was trying to say or, or started to briefly say earlier like as far as keeping up with their contemporaries were concerned I think you know, especially in the early 2000s, like late 90s, early 2000s, with those two records, More Than Conquerors and Building a Better Me, that they were legitimately on par. Like, Oh, it's not better. And what right, I like, loved about it was, like, we we, can't, we had the best of both worlds. Like, yeah. you know, for those that didn't know Christian Punk, all well, they had yeah. was No Effects and Legwagon, whereas right. we had that plus all these other awesome bands that now, to, were sometimes to be f- better. To be fair, yeah, to be fair, sometimes it got a little a little silly just in, like, where, where labels would try to market bands and be like, hey, oh, yeah. if you like this band, it was always a little bit annoying. But oh, one band. Terrible that I always thought was kind of funny because I don't know if they were ever marketed this way like hey if you're a fan of Lagwagon but when you listen to them all I can hear is Lagwagon is Craig's brother yeah like, I still think Craig's brother is is better I mean maybe just because I knew it so much more and then right. got into Lagwagon I was like yeah right yeah that, similar but like for sure that record Homecoming so good 
Lost at Sea, I remember being all right. Definitely had some good singles on it, but uh, like Homecoming was, oh, it, it's it, it's still it's it's one of those all again records where, where I will go back to. Yeah, you know, even even you know however many years later. But yeah, I um, just re-downloaded and, it again, so I had it on my computer. I have it on my hard drive somewhere. But nice. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's I I yeah as 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 funny as it can be sometimes, and even cringe cringy at other times like looking at you know some of that early dogwood where there are some of those songs where i could sit there probably out of those first couple records and and maybe that's basically what this is not a new album is or you know it was originally released as a self-titled album um maybe that's what that is where like you know like put piecing together like from those first two records just like a legit early raw punk record from dogwood before they you know signed a tooth and nail and then you know did what they did like i would say they had moderate success um i don't know like they yeah they definitely weren't anywhere near you know obviously the likes of mxpx and then right you know yeah. like well and supertones were a band that blew up and whatever but i would say it's funny because I, I was just in thinking of this i'm like looking on you know the, the map of of tooth and nail punk bands where they sit as far as like success is concerned. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I think MX- they're one of those bands that is probably more not about the successful, but just in like how much people like them. Like, yeah, guaranteed they're in you know, the top five okay, punk so, bands that people go to from that era. Sure. Potentially. So, so now, now you got me thinking. If if we were to put these on a on a list and we're gonna say mxpx is at the you know the, the higher end of that list yeah and then let's say a band like uh off the record or <laughs> yeah, i don't think i, I off the record had their first albums yeah but, See, I, mean, I, I wasn't even thinking of those bands i was thinking like slick shoes goatee hook well, and so yeah but so what i was gonna say is like the other end of the list would be a band like off the record or hangnail or right like, I mean, okay, hangnail yeah, yeah. only had one record i remember that I, that I can remember i remember hearing some songs off there and being like man that guy can play guitar oh yeah um, but so like or did you, do you remember shorthanded oh yeah you know yeah, definitely. yeah like some of those bands that were a little more mediocre yeah i feel sure. like you know dog dogwood's gonna find themselves as oh, far yeah, as they... just like but i mean like as far as overall um success isn't the right word because i mean that to me like i'm not saying like necessarily album yeah. sales but maybe but just like, like long-standing said, bands that still you know still have albums that hold up i wouldn't put shorthanded in that list yeah exactly so <laughs> you know so, so i guess here's the thing would you put would you put dogwood ahead of or behind value pack uh ahead because they had okay. more like value pack only had those those two albums sure which i you know one of the the second one jalapeno was definitely really big for me but Dogwood yeah. kind of outlasted that, and sure. I mean, I'd go back okay. to those albums. So, do you put them ahead? This is, this is going to turn into the official um, Aaron versus Aaron, Aaron's list of top tooth and nail punk bands. <laughs> um, do you put them ahead of or behind uh, Craig's brother? I'd uh, put them ahead of Craig's brother okay. again because again, probably just the yeah the vastness of the library. They got more yeah. albums. Okay, um, ahead or behind Goaty Hook. Uh, I'm going to say ahead. I love Goaty Hook, but content-wise, like quality, Dogwood yeah. definitely had. You know, again, you know, sure. good lyrics and yeah. 
Um, ahead of or behind Slick Shoes? Oh, I might that have to go. Tough. I might have to go behind Slick Shoes. So you're, you're I'd, I'd say you're. So and um, Slick Shoes ahead or behind MXPX? Behind. Okay, so so I'm assuming we're going MXPX, Slick Shoes, Dogwood. I'm trying to think of other Tooth and Nail punk bands that aren't coming to mind right now. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, yeah, they're definitely, they're definitely yeah, the top five for sure, yeah, if not ahead, top three. Ahead or behind the undecided? Good old Canadian boys, man, give them their due. Yeah, well, and <laughs> I mean, the guitar player from Undecided produced a few of our albums, but oh, there you go. He, he, he's not going to listen to this, so I'm saying behind. <laughs> oh wait, you're saying hold up, hold hold up, you're saying Dogwood is behind the no, undecided? No, Dogwood is Dogwood is in front of Undecided. Is ahead of the undecided. Okay, yeah. That's- that's that's perfect, perfectly acceptable. Uh, now, now I want to create this list of literally like yeah, says, yeah. tooth and nail punk bands, but I'd have to actually sit down with the list and then we go through it. But yeah. um, unless you got anything else that you want to say about Dogwood, I think we're gonna I think we're gonna wrap it up. Yeah, the only only I'm just I'm so curious what's the seismic like. Yeah, I was yeah. listening to it again yesterday, and I was just like, what? Like, this just sounds like it's one of the old albums. Like I don't, they must have lost something in there. When I yeah. when I listen to it, all I can think of is they must have owed Tooth and Nail one more album, and so this yeah. is what they put together. Like even just the guitars and the drumming, like there's just nothing yeah. that stands out I, on that one. It's so confusing to me. Yeah, and I, I definitely had that same thought. I'm like, it feels like this record is filling out a contractual obligation. And I, I mean, and there's part of Matt Aragon where I get that too, but there are enough songs on Matt Aragon where I'm like, okay, like I can, I can make an argument for this album, but seismic, it's just like, I don't, I don't know what's happening here. Yeah. Um, and what and was yeah. the timeline in between, between Matt Aragon and seismic? Well, I think they're just released, um, I think a year apart. That's it? Uh, oh. I think so. In my Matt mind, Aragon, it's oh, like no, five no, years sorry. or something. No, Matt Aragon's 2001, Seismic's 2003. Okay, um, still fairly The close, interesting but... thing is, so like, Building a Better Me must have been 2000, because More Than Conquerors is 99, and Matt Aragon is 2001, but I don't wow. have Building a Better Me on my phone, because, yeah, you know, that's... Apple Music. Come on, guys. Oh, I, I should just look on the Wikipedia page. <laughs> yeah. So More Than Conquerors 99, Building a Better Me 2000. That's Matt crazy that they no. they only had they a year out. in between like yeah. to think they came up with building a better me a year yeah. after more than conquerors. I guess some well, of the songs on more than conquerors were, were older. So I mean, they were get this. They were legit just like busy because so the good yeah. old days is the debut in '96 through thick and thin's '97. That self-titled album is '98. More than conquerors '99. Building wow. a better me '2000. Matt Aragon '2001. And then Seismic 2003. So yeah. they released. Oh, I guess two, that's what you get then when you're releasing so many. You kind of yeah, two, four, six, seven albums over the course of essentially seven to eight years. Yeah, wow. <laughs> like that's and a live album, I guess, in there at one point. Yeah, live at Chain Reaction, which well, I've that's never fair, heard. I guess you can only come up with so many good riffs and stuff. Yeah. And yeah, no, yeah. and and I mean it's possible. I wonder. Um, yeah, Seismic was their final on Tooth and Nail, obviously. Yeah. Seventh studio album by Dogwood. Um, oh, originally good for titled, them. Yeah, like they, they pumped them out. I didn't realize it was that quick, actually. I never really took a close look. Seismic was originally titled Your Tongue is the Deadliest of Arrows, which is a song off of that record. Hmm. 
Yeah, they, which is funny that they, because so, so is Seismic. Seismic, I believe, is the first track. Yeah. Um, track listing, Seismic, and then Your Tongue is the Deadliest of Arrows is track seven. So I wonder what made them change their minds. I wonder which song is better. But hmm. Maybe it was just too long of a title or something. The, rev- the reviews on Seismic are interesting in that it ranges, like, it usually gets somewhere kind of in the middle, like average reviews, but then like Punk News gave it four and a half stars out of five. Oh, weird. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I just oh. don't remember that time it came out, but I'm... That's, yeah. I mean, that that surprises me. I'm curious to know if I can read the review, what they had to say about this record. If No Effects was a Christian band, this is the album oh. they would make. A collection of fast-paced tracks that actually move away from the dick and fart sense of, dick and fart sense of humor they've been portraying for the past 15 years. That is hilarious. Um, the title track opener is as much annoying as it is mesmerizing. <laughs> it gets four and a half stars. I wanted so much to enjoy this album apart from its many similarities, but the singer's voice killed every... How does it get four and a half stars? Yeah, He's not saying bizarre. a nice thing about it. Yeah. But the singer's yeah. voice killed every chance of that one of that one happening. But hell, it didn't even matter that much. I just pretended the band was a no effects side project and put myself at ease for the rest of the yeah. album. What? This, See, oh, this, that album was maybe like the least no effects sounding. I thought so maybe. Hold, I want to finish reading this review because it continues. He says every song has the potential to be great and amazingly, they all are. While I don't huh. agree with what they're saying verbally, I can relate with their frustrations and emotions as they're very talented at getting their points across. The songwriting is well-crafted, and it's easy to see these gentlemen are talented musicians. On top of that, they have the ability to make an album flow from one track to the next without sounding like their obvious mentors and my previous reference, no effects. I am so confused by this review. Yeah, that <laughs> seems un- goes, unfair. Because as I'm listening, I'm like, man, there's... It's just lost the. That's that's the submitted by reviewer me, so. by reviewer Tim. Thanks, Tim. Um, but it's just it's such for a nothing, confu- Tim. <laughs> he literally gives it four and a half out of five, and then proceeds immediately to basically say like, "Hey, these guys sound like a no effects ripoff," and then that the singer's voice is incredibly annoying. But if I just pretend they're no effects, every song <laughs> is I like great. It. Yeah, he's like, if I pretend they're no effects, every song is great, and they have the ability. Um, to transition without sounding like they're obvious mentors. Yeah. No effects. Wait, <laughs> in the first half of the review, you say they sound like no effects, yeah. and you just convince yourself that, wow. <laughs> it clearly hasn't heard any of the past albums, doesn't know the That's, reference, so... I mean, that could, be, that could be fair. I'm curious to look at these reviews now at some of these, like, Matt Aragon... Oh, oh I don't have reviews on this one. Fine. <laughs> that, that died real quick. Yeah. Matt Aragon, no listed reviews. Um, there's one review for Building a Better Me on Punk News where it gets four and a half out of five. Yeah, see, that's that's. Fair. I wonder if they could. I'm curious to see if they compare it to No Effects again. <laughs> if if No Effects was a Christian man, this is by Ryan. Uh, well, see, you, no, especially Building a Better Me had way more dynamic. It wasn't just yeah. straight fast songs. There was, yeah, that one yeah. stands out as as a much more dynamic punk album to me. So these are interesting because I'm, I mean, I'm assuming punknews.org is not a Christian site. No. Um, and it says, if you have never heard of the band Dogwood, you're definitely missing out on ear-popping guitar riffs and loud and obnoxious music. To me, they sound a lot like interesting Alkaline Trio. Oh, weird. The bass, yeah, the bass guitar is almost a heavy low sound that grinds into the speakers and cuts into your nerves. Then it proceeds to shatter the windshield in your piece of crap car. <laughs> Sweet. That's what I'm talking <laughs> about. Actually, 
They are actually a Christian punk band that's full of meaningful lyrics and sing-along choruses. I'm not going to read this full review. It's a bit longer, but interesting. I, It's kind of fun going through and reading these reviews on sites where they're like, clearly not. And it's, there's, yeah. there's a, yeah. Um, but yeah, that one, Tim, Tim, what is wrong with you? <laughs> Get a grip, Tim. Get a grip, Tim. I'm going to find, no, I'm not going to find Tim. <laughs> Tim's fine. I wonder. I, I wonder if. It, sorry, I'm just getting curious and going off on, on uh, tangents now because I'm curious to know if, if I go back to that review, on uh, Seismic, if I can click on Tim's name and see what else he has reviewed, um, mm. because I'm interested to see where where he's coming from. Punk news. He strictly uh, reviews no effects. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Reviewer Tim. Um. Oh, it doesn't. His favorite bands are The Sky We Scrape and Prevent Falls. What? Yeah, see, he can't be trusted. His favorite music is Fear, Rancid, Adolescence, You and I, The Killing Trees, Circle Jerks, Talking Heads. Okay, I want to see what he's reviewed, though. I don't care what his favorite music is. Holy, he's listed like every every notable punk band as his favorite music. Good job, Tim. Um, now, oh, was that reviews? Oh, where did or is this what he's reviewing? I'm so confused now by this website. It opened up so much stuff. Anyway. Um, when it comes down to it, Dogwood beats out all those bands. When it comes down to it, Dogwood is still up there for me. And oh, yeah. You, you can't you can't change my mind, Tim, even if you think they're a <laughs> no-effects rip-off band that is somehow not a no-effects rip-off band that is also equally annoying and incredible songwriters. <laughs> I can't figure it out. <laughs> I can't figure it out. So there you go. Another lost tape on growing up punk. Of course, there's a part two to this, the interview with Josh of Dogwood. But before we finish this up, before we wrap this up, uh, just going to say, make sure you go follow us on all of our social media accounts. Uh, Twitter, we are at growing punk pod. Instagram is at growing up punk. Aaron is on Instagram at Aaron Grew Up Punk, and I am on Instagram and Twitter at David Growing Up. Wherever you're listening to the show, you can find it elsewhere as well, your favorite podcast sites. Make sure you, uh, you subscribe, you rate it, you review it, you tell your friends, and you come back again. 